it's not an overnight process. And that's something that it really taught me was just the value of consistency, consistently showing up and that discipline of even if you're getting just 1% better every day, it's better than staying still or going backwards. Welcome to the Juxtapose Journeys Podcast, and happy National Hug a Newsperson Day. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I talk with Sarah Deacon. Sarah is a black belt martial arts instructor based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who first got into martial arts at the age of 39. In addition, Sarah is an artist, host of the podcast Martial Arts and Crafts, and life balance coach who uses the lessons she learned on the mat to teach her clients about wisdom, discipline, and leadership. Our conversation ranges from what got Sarah into martial arts to begin with, to the important life lessons learned through practicing martial arts, and all of our creative outlets that include painting, writing, crocheting, and even some basket weaving. Just wait until you find out what material Sarah uses for these baskets. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes to stay updated on all of the exciting things Sarah has in the works. And while you're there, give Juxtapose Journeys a follow on the social media platform of your choosing to stay updated with all the latest content. With all that in mind, just sit back, relax, and get ready for Sarah Deacon's journey as a black belt martial arts instructor. All right, so welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. And first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to sit down and chat with me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. And now when I was doing my research on you, one of the first things that caught my attention is that you are a black belt martial arts instructor. So to start things off, when did your interest in martial arts first begin? Well, I began my martial arts journey as an adult. I was 39 years old and I stepped foot on the mat finally after watching my kids go through the the karate program that is in our area. So my oldest son started when he was seven, and then my middle son started when he was three or four. And by the time my third son started, I was like, okay, I'm in, let's go. So I started at the same time as my youngest son, and we, you know, we went from there, and I just I stepped out, and I loved it. Um, so it really hasn't been that long. <laughs> <laughs> I came to it as an adult. I never thought I would I never thought I would be an instructor. I never pictured myself doing martial arts. I had a friend when I was a kid who did it and you know, it was loud and you know, overwhelming and big and and I just you know, it didn't seem like my world, but now I just I'm at the academy all the time and I'm teaching some classes, uh, assisting and, you know, teaching and it's it's so fun and it has it has changed the trajectory of my family. That's so cool. No, and that and that's so inspiring. I love that you started it later in life too at at 39 as opposed to just it being something that you did while growing up. But mm -hmm. yeah, and to your point, it is very loud in there. And that is something I completely forgot about until you mentioned it because <laughs> my brother did karate for a right. few years. And now that's that's all just coming back to me because I remember how loud it was when they would smack the mat. And it actually scared me as a kid. And now mm. now all those repressed memories are coming back. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you're not like in it and if you're not 
really that kind of kind of person, at least not to begin with. Because, you know, the thing is, when you start out as a white belt, you're not going to be asked to, you know, break boards all the time and like knock things down and take people down right away. Like you're not going to be asked to do all that really high level stuff right away. It's you come in, you're white belt, the instructors know you're a white belt and you're new. And as an adult, they know that they're asking the adult body to move in ways it probably never has. Mm-hmm. So that is is definitely something the, you know, we meet the students where they are and then, you know, you you grow from there. And that has been, you know, just the most one of the most impactful parts of being in the martial arts is just the the steady growth and the the step-by-step process. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about the belts, you know, the the belt levels you rank up as you go through and there is a clear path like Mm -hmm. you go from white belt to gold belt you go from gold belt to orange belt and you don't have to go from white belt to black belt yeah but if you keep going if you keep showing up if you keep doing what the instructors know you're capable of doing you'll get to black belt eventually if you put in the work if you show up and if you do what you're supposed to do yeah, definitely. And I, I'm by no means a, an expert in martial arts or anything, but I was I was just cramming and watching YouTube videos <laughs> yesterday just to get a basic understanding of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a lot of the impression I got watching the videos is that it's a it's very much the like what you said, meeting the students at their level with yeah. the instru- as an instructor and saying, is this student you know ready to go to the next level and yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I appreciate that whole culture and aspect of it, and I, I learned so much. Did you happen to look at any of the Roland Osborne or Hyper Martial Arts or any of those? Because those are really cool. Ooh, I did not. Roland Osborne has been he's traveled all around. It's Roland Osborne is a is a is it like a big you know martial arts person. He's got a school in California and. And he's actually come and, and trained some of our staff, and he's connected with the the owner of our school. So, I had the pleasure to to do a training with him. So that like, and he's got YouTube videos all over, really really exciting stuff. So, Ooh, um, yeah, yeah, he's he's a phenomenal martial artist and and does does Im- incredible training. Yeah, I'll have to look up uh, who I was watching videos on yesterday, but that that is a whole nother rabbit hole that I have to get down now. <laughs> <laughs> That person I checked out on YouTube is Master Sheely, who has a great video on belt progression that really helped in my research for this interview. I provided a link to that video and a Roland Osborne video in the show notes. Yeah, like I, I didn't even know there were different degrees of black belts. I think I remember hearing mm-hmm. that in passing, but it was something I never really thought much about. I was right. Like, yeah, that's a whole nother layer to it. Some different martial arts call it the Don or, you know, first Don, second Don, you know, so mm-hmm. we just, it's first degree, second degree and so on in our school. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you specified that too, because I did see that terminology floating right. around there as well. And again, I'm by no means an expert either. I've only been in it, you know, a few years and, <laughs> and our school is, is what, you know, I'm, I'm immersed in our, in our culture and our school and. I know I've started talking with other martial artists out there too, doing my podcast and and getting to talk to to different style styles of practitioners, and that's really fun because I learn a lot more that way. Because again, it it has never been an obsession of mine. Yeah, I I go to class, we do what we do, and every once in a while we're exposed to something new and exciting and. 
sometimes I pursue it and sometimes I just sort of let it be what it is and move on with the rest of my busy life. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely. And now with degrees or or downs in mind, do you have any intention of furthering your degree as a black belt through being an instructor? Well, I'm continuing to train personally. So eventually, um, after earning the first degree in our school, it takes two years of consistent training to to be qualified to test for a second degree. From second degree, then it'll take three years to test a third degree. So it just keeps going up from that. And so as long as I am still taking my kids and we're training together and we just keep going, then I'm going to keep going and I'll test in a couple of years for the second degree. And that's sort of separate from the instructing. Yeah. All of our instructors currently are black belts, but you're actually not required to be a black belt in order to instruct in our school. So Hmm. that's something that's kind of, that might be kind of different about our school. That is something I kind of wondered about. And yeah, like you you said, it may depend on the different schools. But Mm -hmm. I did have that thought while I was looking that up. Like, do you have to be a black belt to train other black belts? So no, that's that's interesting. Well, (laughs) in our school, you have to be a black belt to train other black belts. Okay. But you don't have to be a black belt to train like a purple belt. Like if you're a higher rank, then you can train the, the class below you. Okay. So I started my instructor training when I was an orange belt, I think, which is the one, the third belt mm-hmm. up the ranks. And I wasn't technically teaching at that point, but I was training to become an instructor. And I was, I was approved to assist in classes of the belt ranks below me. Gotcha. Once I got to the intermediate ranks, then I could start with the basic ranks. Once I got to the advanced ranks, then I could assist in basic and intermediate Now that I'm a black belt, I can teach any class, essentially. Okay. But at the level I'm at, then there are a few classes that I don't teach, like the the candidate preparation class to prepare students to test for black belt or the the leadership class, because I just haven't earned that instructor level. Okay. No, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that, because, yeah... To what you were to your point, what what you were saying, it's a separate category to to be an instructor as well, like because they have different collars for that for the hierarchy there. Right, our school does that. Some schools I know, I I, I believe they have a setup where certain black belts, if you've earned your black belt and have whatever attribute they're looking for, then you know as long as you're a black belt, then you can help start instructing. Some schools, just it's automatic. You earn your black belt and you're qualified. So it, it just kind of depends on on the system of the school. I don't claim to know what any other, what any other academy is doing. Mm-hmm. We just have it in the way where we have this whole leadership and legacy program set up to train the instructors. And they start training kids from six or seven years old, honestly, to start being leaders and being instructors in class. Okay. Which is really impressive because my... Uh, two of my sons are in the leadership program or have gone in through leadership. And then the legacy program is the adult program for instructor training. So yeah, my, my kids, they're learning how to run warm ups and, and teach and get their eyes on the techniques and how to talk to students and how to interact, how to build connection, all of those, those really important life skills. Yeah. That even if they don't end up pursuing karate instructing, as like a profession or career or even a summer job, (laughs) they will carry those skills with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, remembering people's names. 
No, I, it, exactly. You know, things like making sure they make eye contact and <laughs> and verbalize their expectations. Yeah. Literally, my next question was going to be, how has martial arts impacted your life? Like, if there are certain parallels you can draw that cross over in other areas of your life. But I feel like you pretty much answered that just right there. All those different principles right. and philosophical elements of, of martial arts and karate or what have you. Oh, there's that, so much more. I could go on. <laughs> oh, no. It, yeah, keep expanding. Probably for the rest of the 40 minutes. About <laughs> <laughs> when I first started, when my even when my kids first started, I suddenly saw these applications of the principles that they were learning in class, like even just on the mat chats, the, the floor chats where they're talking to the kids about holding each other accountable for your actions and attitude or um, my word is my law. I have integrity, you know, just these things. My fear does not control me for courage. Like all of these things just started popping up everywhere in my life. I just saw these, these values, these life skills everywhere. And as an adult, I, kind of was pretty, I don't know, I want to toot my own horn too much, but I thought I was pretty good at applying them and in starting to implement them in my life. So that was really like a a fire under me for this personal growth journey Mm -hmm. and expansion that I experienced as a result of that. And to teach my children how to take these lessons off the mat, bring them home. Hey, where do your shoes belong? Does a black belt throw his shoes in the middle of the floor? No. Okay, put them put them by the door. Okay. <laughs> so just teaching the kids how to how to translate those lessons to the home, to at school, to their interactions with their friends. It's been learning experience for me and also really impactful for them. Yeah. And they don't even know it, which is cool. <laughs> no, exactly. No, that's so awesome. That's seriously so powerful. Like what you said, too, all of these different lessons and tactics and principles can be applied off the mat as well as on the mat as well. And I think that's I think that's so great. And that's so inspiring that that's this is something that you do with your with your family, with your kids. And mm-hmm. yeah, and, and that's something I really honestly admire so much about martial arts in general from the, the crash course I got on it. <laughs> yesterday and trying to wrap my head around it but you're always trying to grow and evolve and to reach that next level or degree and and i guess giving back and teaching different skills right and it's not an overnight process either it's not an overnight process and that's something that it really taught me was just the value of consistency consistently showing up and that discipline of you know even if you're getting just 1% better every day, it's better than staying still or going backwards. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're not seeing like incredible results immediately, that doesn't mean that things aren't happening. Yeah. Because, you know, between the couple of years between when I started and being a, you know, higher intermediate or advanced belt even, I could see because we go through different, different techniques each quarter essentially will do a different kick or a different move. And, you know, from doing the move the first time to a year later doing the same move in a in a rotation, I like I saw the difference and I was like, when did when did my body learn to do this? And it was every <laughs> week when I'm coming to class. And even if I'm not doing that particular technique, the muscle memory is building. The stabilizer muscles are building where I can have better balance and I can, 
you know, stretch the flexibility is building. I can stretch myself farther and, and push myself harder because my, my physical health is improving because I'm showing up and I'm just, you know, I keep doing the, the next thing that needs to be done. Yeah. Honestly, those moments are so powerful because I feel like we constantly feel like we're just going through the motions or not noticing the growth that's actually happening with us. And then it can sometimes, like you said, take those different kicks doing them a year later or so to actually see that transformation. It's like, when did I learn to do this? You know, it's it's all those days that you came dedicated and ready to practice and you're on the mat with your, your full attention and yeah, I, I, those moments are truly so powerful. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same if you're doing, you know, yoga. I mean, you're a runner. Like, you mm-hmm. don't start out running a marathon, right? Like, you, right. you start by getting off your couch. It's not <laughs> like it, it's not this this huge leap forward because that's not sustainable and it's it's not gonna it's not gonna last. And it's the same for personal development. It's that I use a lot of the martial arts, you know, leadership and and teaching techniques with my current clients as a coach. I tell people that it's it's the you know the discipline and wisdom of martial arts, but there's no kicking or punching actually required <laughs> when you work with me as in coaching. Because again, it's it is you know same principles and just applied in a different way it's not physical as much as it is mental emotional you know that kind of work yeah yeah so true i think i think discipline's a perfect word to summarize it i think martial arts takes a ton of discipline and then doing any of these different endeavors whether they're physical or not takes a lot of discipline in order to be mm-hmm. successful so that's a it's a great word there and I, I may already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to, based on our pre-recorded conversation, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you have any other physical outlets like martial arts that you use in your life or is martial arts the primary one that you use? I love martial arts. I love kicking people. I was really <laughs> impressed with myself because in a sparring match, I don't know, a couple months ago, I, I did finally end up kicking someone in the head, which I never thought I would be able to do as a middle-aged woman. But yes, I, I also do yoga and I like to take walks and occasionally when I'm alone in my house, I'll put on some music and I'll dance. Nice. So I do like to move my body. I think it's really important to get movement somehow mm-hmm. in the in the course of a day. Oh, for sure. No, I, I agree with that completely. I just remember our, our pre-recorded conversation because I'm a runner and, and it's it's <laughs> you told me pretty upfront that you're not. So I just uh... <laughs> no, I'd rather I'd rather kick than run. <laughs> I'll totally kick fine. you down. I won't run away. <laughs> <laughs> and like I was saying in our pre-recorded conversation, I feel like I'm too polite and passive to to do that. So I stick with running. I run away mm. from my my problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it... <laughs> Well, that's a whole different conversation, I think. That, that came out all wrong, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, and that's that's the thing. And that again, but there's discipline there too, right? Like Right. Like I said, you don't start out running a marathon. You start out by saying, "You know what? I think I'm going to be a runner." Yeah. And then you decide to run. Mhm. So whatever it is, it starts with that, "Okay, well, who do I want to be? Am I someone who will get up and run?" then I become a runner. So it's mm-hmm. just a matter of how do you incorporate that into your your identity of who you are. And there's there's nothing passive about 
what you're doing either. So, <laughs> right. you know, that, that does take action on your part. It's just, it's a different kind of um, relating, I guess, to the, to the world, to the environment. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great way to summarize it for sure. And I, I think you briefly mentioned this previously, but you also host a podcast called Martial Arts and Crafts, where you focus on what it means to make an impact with both physical and mental health. And as the title implies, and that what, like what we've been talking about for the last close to 20 minutes, uh, you're into martial arts and arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so uh, what kind of crafts do you enjoy making as a whole? Oh, I enjoy many things. I like to explore and experiment with a lot of different things. And martial arts and crafts actually started out as kind of a joke um, <laughs> because I... I have always been an artist. I've always considered myself a creative person, an artist. So I draw, I paint, I, I crochet. So that's, you know, more crafty side. And, you know, then, then there's been some recent basket weaving and that sort of evolved because my school and probably every other martial arts school, when you order a uniform, whether it's your basic intro student uniform or your fancy embroidered chief instructor uniform it always comes with a with a white belt with it Mm -hmm. it's just included in the package there's a white belt so these martial arts schools like we have a lot an excess of white belts coming in to the academy and i i noticed that they were just being discarded they were being thrown out and i said can I have them? <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a crafter and I was like, that would be a fantastic and interesting material to work with. And so a friend of mine who trains with me, we were both walking out of the academy that day and I was like, I'm so excited to make stuff with white belts. That's so cool. I'm like, I'm so excited. And I'm like, oh, I'll just have like a whole thing and it'll be like martial arts and crafts. Because <laughs> like you said, it, it huh. smushes up the martial arts, arts and crafts. And so I started crafting with karate belts. Hmm. So I, so the basket weaving is actually, it's woven out of, out of the martial arts, arts belts. And Ooh. I did that because, I mean, again, these are stories upon stories like layers upon layers my husband had an aunt who passed away and she had done judo and we got her belts and i didn't know because the ranking system is very different and she i think was in many different locations because she was in the navy i believe and she you know she traveled all over so i don't know she had a bunch of white belts a couple of green ones and a brown one and so i don't i didn't know what any of it meant so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like we were going to display them and i found a tutorial on how to weave a basket and i made a basket out of these belts and i was like oh that's that's nice and it's you know so it's part of our decor it's a little bit of a remembrance of her and you know honoring of her journey and then I inherited a bunch of not only white belts, but they cleared our academy cleared out their storage. And so I got every color belt. So I started weaving baskets out of the out of the unused belts that would have just been thrown away Mm -hmm. from our from our school. So that was something that was, you know, that was fun to do. And I still have a few and I I do pull out the belts every once in a while and make a couple of baskets my mom has a couple in her house (laughs) (laughs) 
Ah, oh, that's so cool. And especially that you made them out of white belts when people are beginning their mm-hmm. journey. I feel like there's a very, mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's there's a very powerful quote or, or parallel or something with that. But I, I, I can just feel that just from that instance that you use white belts in there. That's that's a really uh, cool material to use for the basket weaving. Yeah. And it's it's not easy to sew. It's very thick. So <laughs> I, that's the first thought I had, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Much thicker material than. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it has been really fun to see what what's inside them because I, I do have to like I have to cut them apart and you know, and, and deconstruct them a little bit to, to create what I create. And, um, yeah, it's been really fascinating. So yeah, I just, I like working with a lot of different materials and I don't stick to any one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, forever. I, I kind of dabble and yeah, I just have, I have fun. I play and it's just another part of how I express myself. Like there's the writing, there's the podcasting, there's the, the arts and crafts. Yeah. Over the winter, I, I've been making hats out of crochet, you know, out of yarn, just crocheting hats upon hats upon hats. That's been just something <laughs> that is just easy and repetitive to just kind of unwind my mind from the rest of the day. So that's another <laughs> enjoyable pastime. Oh, for sure. We'll see what comes next because I'm sure I won't be crocheting through the winter and by the time this airs i don't know what i'll be on to they'll have to follow my instagram to see <laughs> exactly right yeah no speaking of not sticking with one thing um clearly you juggle quite a bit in life between being a martial arts instructor a mother of three podcast host of martial arts and crafts basket weaver which i, I just found out about <laughs> as part of martial arts and crafts i think <laughs> <laughs> right yeah filed that under under martial arts, arts and crafts but still you know. but uh no in addition to all that you're also a life coach that emphasizes balance with your clients Mm -hmm. what are some of the ways you found balance in your life or ways people can generally find a healthy balance with their careers and family relationships say no (laughs) oh that's a great one that is a great one that is something i'm still learning Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I could talk a lot. I could talk more about it, but I think that's the the easiest, quickest to the point answer for that question. <laughs> and and again, like yeah, there's a lot more to that than just like saying no because yeah. again, like you said, like we have trouble with that. Mm-hmm. And okay, let's get to let's get to why we have trouble with that. So it's a lot of unpacking fears and talking and listening and just sort of seeing what what needs to what needs to shift as far as the the mindset, the confidence, the thoughts, the beliefs that are at play. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, short answer, say no. (laughs) No, Because when you're you're saying no to something you don't really want to do, you're actually saying yes to yourself. Yeah. And you're honoring like who you are, what you want to be, what your priorities are, what your values are. No, that's that's a great way to summarize it. And Okay, so let's just say we have a, a scenario to where somebody says yes to something and then they realize this is way too much. I'm taking on way too much in my life. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips of how they can effectively scale back in that sense? Well, it it would kind of depend on the, the situation. There's, mm-hmm. there's always the option to cancel, mm-hmm. to step out, to step back, to step down. And you can do that graciously and, and gracefully and, and with respect to honoring what, you know, what has been asked of you. But if you, if you do feel like that 
that's important and everything on your plate is important, it's also important to make sure that you have something that's for you and that honors you. Mm -hmm. Some people do, you know, a five minute meditation, they journal or they, you know, just have some sort of outlet to like, like a pressure release valve. Yeah. Something where you, you have some time that's just focused on you, put down the phone for five minutes, you know, go for a quick 10 minute walk around the block. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not, it doesn't have to be anything huge, but there are, there are small ways that, that you can start again, like you said, taking that baby step to the next thing. So like just if you can carve out five minutes and decide what you need to feel filled up, supported, honored, whatever that is, whatever that self-care that you need, find five minutes to give it to yourself. Yeah. We can all find, we can all find five minutes. Oh, definitely. And yeah, no, self-care is so important. And honestly, that's something I'm still trying to learn more, uh, trying to emphasize more myself, honestly, mm-hmm. because, yeah, and I think you summarized it great there. It's, obviously, it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. It depends on the right. situation with everybody. But, you know, taking that five minutes to do something for yourself truly is so important because I've noticed that mm-hmm. that's something that's been really powerful for me. And... I don't know if if you've experienced this or any of your clients have, but I feel like if I don't schedule that self-care time, I don't take it. (laughs) Right. It's really important for me to to do something for me right away in the morning. Mm -hmm. It it changed the game. Like doing the morning routine for me, just it required me to get up earlier. But I get up at six, I do a 20-minute yoga practice, and as long as I do that, I feel good. I do. A, I have a few other parts of the routine that I that I do like to get to. I like to look at my planner. I like to do a meditation. I like to journal in the morning. And if I mm-hmm. have the, that foundation of my day, then I'm not feeling like I'm behind. Yeah. Before I implemented this and started this practice, because I I've I was never a morning person, mm-hmm. and I never thought I would be. But I love my mornings now. And it's, <laughs> I look at, like, I even step out of myself and look at myself like, you're crazy. You're like the mornings. Like, I like sleep too. But <laughs> but seriously, it's like it changed the game. Because before I really started practicing that, I was getting, you know, getting up, sitting the snooze, like not wanting to come out of bed. Okay, I got to get up out of the bed. I got to get the kids ready for school. Or if they're home, it's like they're fighting for my attention all day. And I felt like I was trying to chase the self-care, like chase it down mm-hmm. and and grab it from who knows where. Where if I put that first, then I became a better mom. I became a better wife. I became a better martial artist. I like <laughs> I just became better because... I was taking time for me and I was putting that first in my day. I was making that a priority. Yeah. Instead of just like giving to everybody else at the expense of myself. Yeah. When I when I hadn't poured into my cup. So you can't pour out from something that's empty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love that. I love that insight into your daily routines as well. I I'm trying to be more of a morning person. I'm 
admittedly a night owl. I stay up late getting mm-hmm. things done, and, and I have my productive mm-hmm. kind of me time late at night. I think I was up mm-hmm. until three or four this morning, and that's unfortunately like a normal thing. And I work an eight-to-five job. I mean, there's there's no reason for me to oh, be Eric. as much of a night owl as I am. <laughs> I, I don't know why I've never switched. It's not Ouch. even like I just have been on this schedule. I've been doing it for five years. I, I, I don't know why I'm wired you know, the way that, that I am. That sounds like a sprinting schedule, and as a runner, you know you can't sprint forever. <laughs> I know. It's, ter- it's terrible. I mean, I'm sure that's probably why I'm not a morning person right now is because mm-hmm. I stay up so late. But mm-hmm. no, on the days when I actually wake up early and am disciplined in that way, I feel great. And it is a great mm-hmm. kickstart to the day. And I think I just mm-hmm. need to tip the scale in the other direction. I think I'm, yeah, I, I think I'm backloading my days way too much. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we can, we can connect later. We can do some coaching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I know I may need to um, reach out to you for some, for some personal help on this, but actually speaking of which, this segues right into my next question. Uh, are there any distinct impactful moments you've had working one-on-one with one of your clients? You know, my favorite part is, is when I ask one of those questions where I think I kind of know the answer mm-hmm. and well, it's two ways that it goes. My client maybe doesn't see the answer that's right inside them. Mm-hmm. So there's this long, uncomfortable silence. <laughs> and that's where the magic happens, where they're just like, wait, what? They're going in their head. like, And it's just like this mind-blowing moment. And just getting to witness that is just so thrilling for me. Mm-hmm. Or it goes the other direction where I ask a question where I think I probably know the answer because of whatever we've talked about, but then the answer comes at me and it's something I hadn't thought of and they hadn't thought of and it's something entirely (laughs) new. Hmm. So that, yeah, it's just, I learn a lot from my clients and I, I, I like to think that I teach them a lot too. (laughs) (laughs) But really, they they end up discovering so much on their own, and I just sort of facilitate that process. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. It's almost it's almost spiritual. Yeah. So it really just is very fulfilling in general to work with people. For sure. I mean, I think those moments of self discovery or those aha moments when the gears start turning with people are, are truly so powerful because I feel like that's when the true change and the true moment happens. It's when they realize that they make the decision of how they Mm -hmm. need to change. And right. Because I think there was, there was one call that was, that was really fun because at like in the beginning, middle of the call, like the client kind of hated me (laughs) (laughs) and, and expressed that (laughs) by the end of the call, they loved me. That's great. So yeah, it's that it's that shift, which is just re- it's really powerful. It's really fun for sure. And I, I I've experienced the same thing on the other end from myself getting coached as well. So it's yeah, <laughs> I'm not dishing out anything I can't take myself. So <laughs> no, for sure. And and actually, speaking of coaching, I wanted to back up for a minute because I saw that prior to doing the life balance coaching that you do now, you were a postpartum doula where you would help new yes. parents navigate the dynamic of their family. So what ultimately led to the transition from a postpartum doula to a life balance coach? Well, I 
I was doing the doula work, when did I start? About 2017. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I did my training. I got my certification. I was working with families. It was super fun. Baby snuggles are awesome. (laughs) And I was supporting families and, and doing a little bit of coaching, honestly, even though I didn't really realize it at the time, but doing a little bit of coaching through the, the tumultuous new parent time. Yeah. That season, which is, it can be very jarring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then there was the spring of 2020, and for some strange reason, people stopped wanting a stranger to come into their house and breathe on their newborns. <laughs> Doesn't sound familiar to me at all. So my business kind of dried up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, makes sense. So yeah, so going through 2020, I, you know, I... I had had a a good you know good momentum going, but then you know of course the inquiries kind of stopped, mm-hmm. and I had I had one client kind of end end service. I had another who had lined up service for that summer kind of cancel, and I picked up the summer job at karate. I was I was leading in the summer camp. I was doing the camp counseling for their day camp that that we run out of the academy, and yeah, so I just kind of took twenty twenty to kind of resettle myself and figure out okay well if this is how the world is what's next yeah which again as i woke up to the fact that i was already doing some of that sort of coaching support for the new parents in in my position it was you know i had been receiving some coaching some mentoring from some mentoring from the the owners of our academy at karate and and other other sources so I really started to to feel into like, hey, if if what I'm getting out of this has been so powerful and life transforming for me, how can I give that gift to other people? Yeah. In a in a time where people are, you know, people are struggling, they're looking at their themselves, they're looking at their pri- priorities, that what's essential and all the things. And and the world doesn't look the same and how do we how do we navigate that if we don't have a foundation of courage, discipline, integrity, whatever, you know, whatever these <laughs> lessons, again, from, from me, it's coming from this, this martial arts experience, but how do we, how do we navigate it? And how do we have a foundation where we're not, you know, we're not controlled by our fear. We're not, you know, limited to what's, you know, going on around us, what somebody else says or what somebody else does or what, you know, what the job market is like or what the, you know, what the inflation is like or what, you know, mm-hmm. how can we free ourselves from, you know, this kind of go, go, go life that kind of wasn't working anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think 2020 and 2021, it's been really powerfully transforming for a lot of people who are who are ready for it. Yeah. And, you know, there's 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 some out there that are still struggling and not quite ready for mm-hmm. the for the expansion that's that's being offered. Yeah. But for me it's I I've seen a lot of people just come into this this beautiful expansion and freedom and openness and love and connection and joy and this kind of peace that is not tied to what's happening in the world. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it's been beautiful. Yeah. And no, to your point, I mean, 2020 was definitely a a game changer and a very eye-opening experience for a lot of people. Still continues to be. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it it changed the trajectory and the the path of so many people. Uh, I mean, 
this this podcast was a came from the pandemic essentially mm-hmm. too, which we were talking about in the pre-recorded conversation. It's just so many things that you wouldn't expect to go. Right. We're a little more open to trying new things. Exactly. We're open to, you know, to possibilities we didn't know existed. Yeah. No, exactly. And to help to help guide people through that has been really, really rewarding. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can definitely imagine that. And you mentioned a few buzzwords there earlier, like courage, lessons, integrity. And mm-hmm. I saw that you typically have a word for the year, and the word for 2022 is shine. It is. So this is kind of a two-part question. So what is, first of all, what does that word mean to you, and has it had an impactful meaning in 2022 so far? Oh, by the time this airs, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it'll <laughs> explode. Oh, Yeah. We're recording in the end of January here. So yeah, I just I just revealed my word because I was doing I've been doing these group calls around sort of goal setting for the for the new year and things. And one of the calls was around, you know, choosing a word for the year. And I've chosen a word for the year for, you know, several years. I know last year the twenty twenty one word, my word was play, and that's that was fantastic. <laughs> because it really <laughs> When I chose that word and that that word kind of guided me, it was it it kind of took the pressure off. Like I didn't I didn't have to be perfect. I'm just playing. Yeah, you know. So because I struggle with perfectionism, and now in 2022, like I've I've done some playing. I've learned a lot, and now it's time to really step into that spotlight, mm-hmm. receive that light, the shine, and reflect it, and really, you know, just be a beacon. For, for other people to to see, to enjoy. I, I think of sometimes the image of like a, a candle or a match where like my flame doesn't have to go out to ignite somebody else. Mm-hmm. So like I just feel it as a this expansive energy where I'm like I'm receiving such such light, such blessings from the experiences I've had and from the learning I've done that it's time to just like show it and really just step into myself and step into this this light and yeah and shine shine it shine it reflect it polish other people up and just (laughs) (laughs) just go and and just be this light yeah that gives you know that gives inspiration gives hope gives gives courage you know yeah, it just spreads, and then we all then we all light up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I think that's a great way to summarize that word for sure. And yeah, to your point, by the time this this episode's drop, I may have to reach back out to you again, get a get a follow up story about uh, other moments where shine came through this year, or something in the in between moments, but between then, because yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll it'll have you'll have a story to share by then. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Follow along. We'll circle back. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And yeah, speaking of all that, uh, is there anything exciting for you on the horizon in terms of upcoming events or anything? Well, I'm starting sessions uh, in person in in the Milwaukee area. Mm -hmm. Coming up, at least in spring, I'm I'm exploring some indoor options because it's still really cold in in Wisconsin right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but at least in spring. So by the time this this is out, and it'll just be these sort of one off wandering sessions. I'm calling them where we're going to just take a walk. So getting some of that movement in while we coach while we coach the mind, we'll move the body. 
which I'm really excited about because again, like I think movement is just so important. So that is, that's something on the, on the horizon. So now that I've said it on a podcast, that's going to be aired in a couple of months. I I should stick to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's holding you accountable. Yeah. Holding myself accountable to it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That that's what I'm here for. So hopefully that's still happening. (laughs) I, I tend to not necessarily see it or I don't know, grasp onto anything too tightly for, for the future. Mm-hmm. So I have a, I have my one-on-one coaching program as a three-month container that is, like I said, based around the martial arts, wisdom, and disciplines. Mm-hmm. No kicking or punching required. <laughs> so I do have that. And, and I, like I said, I'm going to be introducing the, the wandering sessions. And I'm sure there will be something else happening in spring and summer. So get on the email list and, and follow my social and we'll find out what it is. <laughs> Perfect. Because I'm excited to see too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, the wandering sessions sound great. Uh, and w- warmer weather in general just sounds mm. great because it's yes. been single digits here in Michigan. And mm-hmm. it, it's been it's currently 27 degrees at, at the time of this recording. And it almost feels like summer compared to what we've been having. And Yeah, yesterday was minus uh, 10. the dang midwest and i don't think that was the wind chill (laughs) oh oh, that's rough right but yeah no the wandering sessions sound great i'm I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more about that and seeing updates with that one now is there anything i forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on before we get into plugins i don't think so i think we covered a a good range of stuff yeah, we we had some range in this conversation. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, where can people find more information about yourself and anything else you want to plug? Well, my main website is saradeacon.com. That's S-A-R-A-D-E-A-C-O-N. No H on my name. Uh, and that's my main website. I'm also, you know, on the, the Martial Arts and Crafts podcast. So you can search Martial Arts and Crafts on any place where you listen to podcasts. And I am there and the, the social handles and everything like that. I think you're going to throw in the show notes. It's my martial arts, the letter N crafts. And that's, I don't know, that's where I am, where I am. And then you can <laughs> sign up for the email newsletter on saradeacon.com and, and get weekly blogs and updates for me. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to that. And once again, thank you so much for taking the time for this. I think having proper balance in life, uh, like we talked about before, is extremely important. Something I'm still trying to figure out myself. I still may need to reach out to you for a session on that to to get my head straight. But (laughs) we we work with we work with balance and counterbalance. It's like sometimes, like you said, sometimes or like we were talking about before, like sometimes there are seasons where you need to sprint. Mm-hmm. But then you need to have that rest too. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, sometimes you do need to be out of balance, but mm-hmm. to be able to know that, be aware of it, and then be able to bring it back when when necessary is is super important. And and you know, I'm learning new ways to do that every day myself too. So, <laughs> of course, yeah, always a always an ever learning and ever growing process for sure. Like with anything, so. Yeah. Um, keep up the awesome work with the podcast, being a martial arts instructor and the other 10,000 things that you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Eric. 
Of course. Yeah, I wish nothing but the best for you in all of your future endeavors. And really looking forward to seeing those updates on that on that spring walk. And I guess I got to hold you accountable for that now. Right. Well, <laughs> we'll be there. Hopefully, hopefully I have a few uh, few folks take me up on it because I love walking <laughs> with company. Yeah. For sure. So, so awesome. it's it's just as much for me as it is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, no, so exciting. But yeah, thanks thanks again for this. This is such a fun conversation. Yeah, good luck with, with all of these events and everything you have planned. And yeah, I wish you well. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to Sarah's website, podcast, socials, and other resources can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for Juxtapose Journeys wherever you stream your podcasts. And maybe tell a friend or two about the show. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated, and it helps the show reach more listeners. It also keeps new episodes coming out. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, Send an email to juxtaposedjourneys at gmail.com with a brief description for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. Or you can find Juxtaposed Journeys on Podmatch and request an interview that way. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner. And music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring. <laughs>